Welcome to Kids and Their Dog, a Scooby-Doo movie review and recap podcast. I'm your Hanna-Barbera talking animal, Cassidy. I'm Lava. And today we have returning guest. Please reintroduce yourself as you would like to be reintroduced. Hi, I'm Crash. Welcome, Welcome. back to the show, Crash. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me back. Of course. You called this spot on the show before the show existed. <laughs> yeah, you literally were like, hey, I'm thinking about doing a Scooby-Doo podcast. And I was like, let me talk about the movie. Please, oh God, let me talk about the movie. <laughs> and now we're here to talk about the movie. Yep. But first, we have some news. Uh, first bit, of, we'll start with the not big piece of information, but the more interesting piece of information there's an upcoming Scooby-Doo stage play. What? What? <laughs> what? What? Huh? <laughs> Let me Why? just double check. Because this was the month of April. Yeah, no, this was written five days ago. Oh my oh, wow. god. Scooby-Doo and the Lost City of Gold is an upcoming stage play featuring the Mystery Gang. I love it already. The Lost City of Gold? Yes, the stage show will be presented in large-scale theaters and will include music, puppetry, magic, singing, dance, interactive audience response video, aerial arts, and video um, mapping. Um, uh, How about just throw in a real dog, why don't you? Like an this actual like this... dog. No, this I do want to see like... Muppet Scooby. <laughs> oh, this reminds me of the Sailor Moon stage plays where they like the musicals in particular, because it's like it's like lights, camera, action, no puppetry though. So I think the Scooby Doo. Mm, me- what about the cats? They wrote the cats out of the musicals. <laughs> oh, there, I thought there was like in it- cats. I think it may be like the older ones, but in the revamp that they did in 2013, they cut the cats and made Momoro even more of a mentor for the gang. Instead of Luna doing that role. I will say, okay, this is me just like throwing this out there. Imagine Scooby-Doo, the, Scoo- the character Scooby-Doo with a... The Lion King musical kind of costume. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's like a dude, but like, like kind of yeah. has like the armor on him that makes him look like a dog. Yes. That could work. Um, it's like, I'm sure the puppetry is will be fine, but. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I'm kind of hoping they'll do it like they did. Um, the fish in the Little Mermaid musical, where they just have like people dressed in like morph suits mm. running around, and they have like puppets on sticks that they're mm-hmm. just like waving. Mm-hmm. Or, or kind of like I'm remembering Zazu in the Lion King musical, and obviously there's a puppet in the guy's arms in in the actor's arms, but the actor is like decked out. Hmm. And I guess maybe something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's either that or that's what they're going to use the uh, video mapping for. Mm. Yeah. But if they did it that way, they could get Frank Welker to do the voice in literally every show. (laughs) 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 Aww. Okay. Uh, But the bigger piece of news is that we finally have any sort of visual on what that 2020 Scooby-Doo film would look like. Um, It's just a headshot of Scooby. 
And it's in that sort of Peanuts or Captain Underpants style, those mm-hmm. last couple of movies that have that visual look of something 2D brought 3D, mm-hmm. but not in a way that's like... Horrific. Uncanny. Yeah, it's not DreamWorks animation, it's something different. Yeah, I think I saw it when I was trying to find this movie on YouTube. There's just a bunch of thumbnails of like people reacting to that headshot. I mean, I think it looks good. I think now that I'm looking at it closer, the uh, lip is a little too well rendered. (laughs) (laughs) But like the rest of it's fine. All we do know is we know more about that movie, which is coming out in 2020, than we do about the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which is coming out sooner. Yeah, we have more cast decisions on that, too. Um, For example, (laughs) we have the full cast listing for the main gang. Uh, we have Frank Bucker reprising his role as Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Zac Efron as Fred Jones. What? I kind of love that. What? Amanda Seyfried as Daphne Blake. Gina Rodriguez <gasps> as Velma Dinkley. And Will Forte as Shaggy Rogers. Now, before I continue. When I, first, when I read those first two, I was like, oh, it's going to be another live action film. No, it's not. This is a fully it's... animated feature. Oh, wow. Huh. I just... Matthew Lillard, Lillard is so good. Yeah, I feel like it's like, oh, people like the Will Forte animation voice of like him playing someone who's goofy. I just... I, I think I'll need to hear it, and I will, will reserve judgment until then, but like... I just, it'll, I feel like it's just going to sound like Will Forte doing a Shaggy impression where I think like Matthew Lillard has like really embodied Shaggy since his like first appearance and then ever since. Yeah, I think it's going to be like a pitched up Lego Batman. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's not going to be great. Um, I also will reserve ju- judgment, but I do question the decision to get Zac Efron as Fred Jones and stuff like that when it's like, that's someone who plays mostly physical roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why are you tapping him to do a, an animated feature? Yeah. Yeah. I, I generally don't like the idea of, oh, we're making an animated feature. The only way we can make this be something we can put in a theater is if we use regular actors to do voice acting. When not all regular actors are good at voice acting. Mm. Agreed. Yeah. And especially like the people who've been doing the most recent like Scooby-Doo movies have been doing it for a good little while and they've done a very good job at the roles. Like when we watched Music of the Vampire, like I, you know, was, I think the Velma was new to me, but like um, everyone else, like I was just like, this just sounds right. And then once we got through the movie, I was like, that Velma really grew on me and I really liked her. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, I will say, they did get Frank Walker back for this. They brought him on for this, which is not something... As in, the 2002 Scooby-Doo film does not... I'll get into it later. <laughs> but their decision for the Scooby voice actor is strange. Um, but along with the gang, we also have Tracy Morgan as Captain Caveman. <laughs> Kiersey Clemens as Captain Caveman's... One of the teens that hangs out with Captain Caveman, D.D. Sykes. Uh, we have Ken Jeong as Dino Mutt, Dog Wonder. Um, and Dick Dastardly is going to be in it, but we don't have a voice actor for him yet. 
Oh, also, yep. it's going to be directed by the director of Space Jam. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a lot of, like, names, you know? It's a lot of, like, names you're familiar with. And I think, like, Ken Jeong is, like... I think he's got, like, a pretty good, like, voice for um, voice acting. I just hope they do Dynamut right. Right? I love Dynamut. I'm kind of excited to, to see the trailer when that drops now. I wonder, I mean, at least there is no way they can make this one of those, ah, we're making a theatrical Scooby-Doo movie. You know what that means? This time, the monsters are real. (laughs) (laughs) Because they've confirmed the bad guys dig dastardly. Gotcha. That's kind of amazing, just as a general... Oh, I'm so glad they're doing it. I I like the idea of such a goofy, fun movie, and I hope they keep it as a goofy, fun movie. Yeah. Agreed. All right, let's get to some questions. We have our first three here from James at Discord underscore Inc. He sent these questions to us almost a month ago (laughs) at the time of recording. (laughs) So first question is, what is the single most dated element of the live action Scooby-Doo film? Oh, man. The fashion. Mm, okay. I was going to say the slang. It's definitely the slang. I think depends on whose fashion you're talking about. Because the only fashion you see most of the time is the gang. And I think that's on purpose. Now. Oh, no. no. I, I'm, I'm mostly saying like the like generic college students is yeah. very early 2000s. The clothes. teens. The mm, teens. Like right. In particular, okay. I saw one particular teen who whose hair style was very early 2000s mm, yeah no that's true hairstyles were i think the hairstyles might be the most dated thing in this yeah. yeah 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 i think like, some people you could wear a lot of the fashion in this film today and people would just be like oh it's fine they're doing something weird but it's yeah. fine yeah the hairstyles like nsync kind of hairstyles mm-hmm. yeah there's like when they get to the island there's like a dude that straight up has like good charlotte spikes yeah and then there's like a a, a stage with a singer and the singer is basically like lifted straight out of NSYNC kind of no, look. That singer oh. has to be a real person, right? That has no, to be a real that's, band. That's Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray. <laughs> yeah, okay, I yeah. didn't know that. That's literally Sugar Ray. And they, <laughs> yeah, Sugar Ray's literally in the in the movie. Oh, yeah, wow. I, mean, I was like, these are people. I don't know who they are, but these are people for sure. <laughs> yeah. They made too big a deal of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah because they they show up like a couple of times and they make sure to like show their face every single time mm. all right question two is what are your opinion this is a spoiler by the way what are your opinions on making scrappy do the villain is it rewarding after years of suffering or kind of gimmicky it was kind of rewarding at the time but i think over time and especially like hearing y'all talk about scrappy on the podcast i feel like i it's I don't know, it's a little grating at this point. Like, I kind of wish that they could just kind of give Scrappy a redemption arc of sorts. Like, bring him back to the movies, but do something a little different with him. I'm not sure you can do a redemption arc with Scrappy. You would have to invent a worse character in order to redeem Scrappy. And and with Public Eye as it is, like, there's no way it's going to happen. You have to wait Mm -hmm. until the public completely forgets about Scrappy-Doo before you try to bring (laughs) Scrappy-Doo back. Yeah. (laughs) Which is not going to happen. 
<laughs> I mean, I think the use here is great, but like I that was at the peak of like this is our last chance to use Scrappy Doo before it goes too far. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. now it's gone too far. I've talked too much about Scrappy Doo on two different podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and the final question from James is, what do you think is the correct snark to sincerity ratio needed for a live-action Scooby-Doo film? I think this one had a little too much snark. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, I remember being a kid and being like, oh, I just, I love how they're just tearing this apart, because, you know, at the time, I was, old, we were, we, when this movie came out, we got it on DVD, and we were still watching it on TV because that's like all we had for yeah. a little bit. So like I was literally like watching the movie and the the old cartoon at the same time. And like, you know, my little like 12 year old brain was like, oh, this is so good because they're just tearing it apart. And now I'm just kind of like, you didn't really need to do that. Yeah. I mean, especially like some stuff that we'll get into. But like, it's like, that's not necessary. I don't like how you did that character. Mm. I think part of it is at the time it was a while since scooby-doo was a thing that was mainstream like the next animated show didn't start until after this film was released Mm -hmm. Um, so it was sort of like a we're bringing this back to dunk on it situation yeah and there's like some moments that i really feel like you can tell like the movie does love scooby-doo because like a lot of the physicality of the characters and like the sound effects and some of the jokes are just feel very classic to me (sighs) but at the same time they're still just being like the characters are just a little too meta sometimes where they're like yeah daphne's always getting captured yeah no that guy like in the film as it is it's fine Mm -hmm. it's a little mean-spirited but fine Mm -hmm. it's the joke everyone would make but in some of the deleted scenes, I'm like, that is too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why they were deleted, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it's... I think the perfect snark to sincerity uh, ratio for a Scooby-Doo live-action film is 100% sincerity. Yeah. 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 It's gotta be Scooby-Doo the Mystery Begins. Like, yeah, I was literally gonna suggest that. Because there's a lot of sincerity in the Mystery Begins. It wasn't a bad film and it wasn't even a bad scooby-doo film it was good i think is what we came down on yeah it's like what third fourth on our list now it's up there it's up there the only thing that really detracted from it was the fact that it was a low but lower budgeted film so it didn't have a very good scooby-doo model Mm. but they made up for it by not using it exactly and also (laughs) they didn't have scooby-doo in it very much uh, yeah, it is our currently number third best film. Yeah. And you know what? Mm. I think after today, it's going to stay there. Yeah, I agree. I, I also think that, like, especially in context with having the Scooby-Doo 2002 movie out there, that going completely sincere after that makes sense. Because we kind of have our kind of cynical meta movie and we can kind of reference it and it can like still exist. But like, I feel like after that, we're just like, let's let's keep it sincere. Let's keep it like you know pretty ground level no fourth wall breaking nonsense yeah okay um next question we have here from at or sorry from the big c mouse emoji at magical underscore fried hey charlie how you doing hi charlie (laughs) 
did you guess who the villain was the first time you saw it, or was it a wild surprise? I was seven when this film came out. Yeah, I don't remember. It was yeah, probably was, a surprise. I was a done 12-year-old, and I didn't pick up on stuff, so no, no, I didn't. I'll be honest, I probably didn't even know who Scrappy-Doo was. Yeah. I did not internalize the lore of Scooby-Doo at all. I watched a lot of Hanna-Barbera <laughs> on Boomerang. So Am I surprised? I no. probably knew who Scrappy-Doo was. I probably wasn't expecting it. Yeah, I didn't even get, like, until I rewatched it, like, the time before, like, Netflix got rid of it, um, that somebody, like, literally calls Scooby Scoobert for the longest time. I just thought that was, like, a funny throwaway name. I didn't realize that was, like, Scooby's real name. So, yeah, I, I, I wasn't a smart 10 or 11, 12-year-old when this movie came out, so I didn't, I didn't pick up on it. Alright, um, Charlie also asks, do you agree with the movie? Does Scooby have a pure soul? Absolutely. Yes. I think most animated protagonists do. I think Scooby definitely does compare to a lot of the Hanna-Barbera characters. So, Scooby has a good dog. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. As- honestly, especially in this movie. Like, yeah. there's some moments that Scooby has that I'm like, oh, what a good dog. All right, I'm going to skip a question and come back to it. Uh, but Tanner at Sparky Upstart asks, do you think the film would look better if it used practical effects more than CGI? I think they used practical effects basically everywhere they could. Yeah. Yeah. And even the CGI, like, it's dated, yes, but they have... The models move in a really, um, like, nuanced way. Like, mm-hmm. the, the animations are really good. It's the texturing and, like, the fact that there's, like very to no lighting on them most of the time that they like this stand out and they just look bad but like if you like watch their animations like it's lovingly done for the time mm-hmm. i will say i like it in the context of for the first uh monster quotation marks we see in the very beginning of the movie is a fake monster um and it's it's actually like a a suit Mm-hmm. Then yeah. when we get to the real monsters, they're all CGI. And I gotta say, there's something satisfying in that kind of difference because I think, oh, this one's real in the sense that it has a different look. It It's more uncanny, I guess, is what I'm trying to mm-hmm. go with. Uh, I think it fits aesthetically. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and like, I know I mentioned in the Mystery Beacons, like, there were a few touches of practical effects that were good, but mm-hmm. I think that's just because they were trying to stay within budget, and there wasn't really any places where you could put those in here. Mm-hmm. It's very much a film where they don't have much choice to do that kind of stuff for Scoober to do and mm-hmm. the Demon Bunnies. <laughs> All right, our final question here is from Jake Mason at JJ underscore Mason. Do you like the casting choices of the movie? And if not, who would you have cast instead? I have such a soft spot for this movie (laughs) that I could not imagine anybody else playing the roles for this kind of movie. I guess maybe getting Frank Walker for Scooby, maybe. Yeah, I'm going to get into that here in a second. I'm about to break that down. But, but I think yeah, of everyone else, maybe the only one I would have changed is 
Fred, but honestly, I do kind of like the heat that Freddie Prince was bringing to the table. Yeah. Yeah, I just... I, for what they were doing with it being kind of like sincere but ironic a lot of the time, like I think what the actors brought to their roles worked for what they were trying to do. Um, but I also, I just adore Matthew Lillard and I'm glad that they kept him on for so long, uh, as long as they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, According to Wikipedia, which is where I got a lot of the information I have here on this show, except for like the news stuff, mm-hmm. um, Freddie Prince was bringing like He's like, Fred is a kind of full of himself narcissistic character. I'm making sure that's clear. (laughs) Uh, But let me get into my main issue with the casting. This film has two long-running Scooby-Doo voice actors in it. Neither of which play Scooby-Doo. Really? Uh, Frank Welker, and in their defense, Frank Welker doesn't start his run as Scooby until September 14th of this same year, which is a few months later. Mm-hmm. All he does are some creature noises, um, mm. which is what he does. It's creature noises, and they probably mainly got him in there because it's Frank Welker. He's played Fred for years and is good at making creature noises. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have Scott Eines, who voiced Scooby-Doo in the first four direct-to-video films, Zombie Island and those. Um, as well as several commercials, toys, and games, and even, like, still does those voices after Velker has become the main animated voice. Hmm. Um, but in this film, he just plays the voice of Scrappy. Interesting. So weird. Uh, instead, we have Neil Fanning, whose biggest role, role ever is Scooby-Doo in these two films, and honestly, he only has, like, four other roles ever. Wow. Oh, wow. What if that was, like, a personal favorite to some... Of, like, the director's buddy or something like that. It may have been, like, a requirement or something, because they filmed this in Australia, and he's an Australian voice actor. Mm. I'm not sure if it was something they had to do to get budget. But it's such a weird choice, considering that you have two Scooby-Doo voices on staff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In this film. Weird. I also have some original casting choices here, according to Wikipedia. Ooh. Um, Just two that I kept track of, because they were weird. Um... Jim Carrey, originally attached to play Shaggy. Um, this was oh back in no. like the mid-90s, late-90s, where they were originally planning it. Oh, okay. okay. I was gonna okay. say. Um, that said, it was still only like 97. Um, Mike Myers also expressed interest in playing Shaggy. No. Uh, uh, wait. No. No. Who? Yeah. No. I think they would have like leaned too much into like the like perceived. That yeah, that's I think because I'm gonna get into the other history of the show or this film in a second. Actually, maybe I should go ahead and do it now. I'm just <laughs> yeah. gonna read all of the extra stuff that I have here, uh, copied and pasted from Wikipedia. Hell yeah! The film was originally set to have a much darker tone, essentially poking fun at the original series, and was set for a PG-13 rating. Ugh. Shaggy was going to be a stoner, and there were going to be merry marijuana references. There's still kind of some. Yeah, there's a lot, yeah. actually. Um, according to actress Sarah Michelle Geller, after the cast had signed on, there was a change, and the film became more family-friendly. Though some of the original adult jokes are still in the film. Yeah. Um, yep. They're also included in deleted scenes on the home media releases. Geller also said that her character in Linda Cardellini's shared an on-screen kiss that did not make the final film. 
It wasn't just like for fun, she said, explaining it took place in the body switching scene. Uh, Initially in the soul swapping scene, Velma and Daphne couldn't seem to get their souls back together in the woods, so the way they found was to kiss and the souls went back into their proper alignment. In 2017, the 15th anniversary of the release of the film, James Gunn, the screenwriter for the film, revealed in a Facebook post that there was an R-rated cut of Scooby-Doo and that CGI was used to remove cleavage of the female cast members. Oh, (gasps) jeez. Wait, James Gunn, like, the guy who would later go on to do Guardians of the Galaxy? Yep, that's him. Yes, Guardians of the Galaxy's James Gunn. Gunn. He wrote the screenplay. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, okay. That makes so much more sense. That makes... (laughs) <laughs> that makes so much sense <laughs> they have the same energy yep yeah very 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 much so and i was about to say man they even almost have the same soundtrack kind of <laughs> same <laughs> feeling of soundtrack let's go with that yeah wildly yeah, different the, the way that, but where's the outcast original song for guardians of the galaxy <laughs> guardians 3 come on <laughs> The DVD for this movie has the music video for that Outcast song, too, and I used to watch it a lot. Mm. All right, let's get into the real business. Uh, this this month we have watched, for our anniversary, the live-action film Scooby-Doo, theatrical, theatrically released on June 14th of 2002, and you know what that means. It's almost my birthday. <laughs> Yay! Uh, it was directed by Raja Gosnell, produced by Charles Roven and Richard Suckle, written by Guardians of the Galaxy's James Gunn, starring Freddie Prinze Jr. as Fred. I have to hit that Z because his name is Prinze with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Michelle Gellar as Daphne. Linda Cardellini as Hot Dog Water. I mean Hawkeye's wife. I mean Velma Dinkley. <laughs> Matthew Lillard as Shaggy, Norval Rogers, and Rowan Atkinson as Mr. Bean, I mean Johnny English, I mean Emil Mondavarius. <laughs> Alright, let's get jinky with it. Well, actually, before we get jinky with it, does anyone have any last marks before we jump into this Olympic-sized pool that is this film? I'm ready and ready. I am ready. Okay. We open on the Wow Wow Toy Factory in the case of the Luna Ghost. We see the Luna Ghost carrying Daphne through a window and just, you know, around. Like you do. Yeah. Velma sees this and activates a walkie-talkie to call Fred, who has got a bad haircut and is doing some rope tricks. <laughs> He's so dumb. Like, just from, like, the camera, like, pans to him. The first thing you see is him goofing off in dumb, dumb hair. Yep. It's, it's such a bad wig. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm guessing... You gotta admit, it's most likely very intentional. Oh yeah, I think this so. is like the closest they could get to real life Fred hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Velma goes over what the plan is, but don't worry about it because it never goes according to plan. Yeah. Never. Scooby and Shaggy are in a barrel. The ghost goes over, sees Scooby's tail, roasts it, spooks them. Uh, at that point, Velma activates a conveyor belt, which spills oil, causing Scooby and Shaggy to run in place. Um, at this point in the barrel, Shaggy's legs are coming out the bottom, Scooby's mm-hmm. hanging out the top. It's v- super cartoony. Yes. It's very classic antics from the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. 
but the oil is causing them to run in place until the Luna Ghost breathes fire at them, causing them to launch forward into Fred, who is going to spray the ghost with a hose, and instead the hose knocks Velma off the catwalk, suspending her upside down on a chain. Her skirt doesn't flip up. They specifically said that they taped it to her legs because Velma is not a flip-up skirt girl. Yeah. I I really appreciate that touch. Yeah. Uh, Fred gets caught in a net. Scooby and Shaggy run and end up on a skateboard. Remember this one. Maybe remember this scene for the sequel. <laughs> mm. And there are just quarter pipes in here, I guess. Yeah. Anyways, Shaggy and Scooby grab a hook and swing around and end up hitting the ghost, causing it to get trapped in a pile of toys. Not just any toys. Aren't they like Pamela Anderson action figures? Yes, Barbie they dolls? are. Oh my god, I did not notice that. It comes up in a second. Uh, yeah. Everyone regroups as the mystery machine comes flying through a wall, followed by the cops and a crowd of people. Uh, the person driving the van was the lady who hired them, Pamela Anderson. Oh, that's who that was. As Pamela Anderson. That makes... Yeah, now I'm like, oh yeah, the, the R rating. Mm-hmm, Pam Anderson. Got it, got it, got it. The news crew started interviewing Fred, who's like, I do a tremendous amount of teamwork. <laughs> it's my plan, and I did everything by myself. Teamwork. Yeah. A lot of the delivery in this movie it makes it a lot funnier in the age of 2019. Yeah. Or yeah. most humorous just saying things wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Visibly, Velma is very annoyed by this. Yeah, because yeah. he says that he always has a plan. It's almost like, it's my plan. It's always my plan. Mm-hmm. It never goes right, but she's the one who's coming up with it, and she feels like she deserves a, like, a part of the credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they unmask the ghost, and it's... Old, Old Man, Man Smithers? Smithers? The creepy janitor? Yeah, he he turned to crime after you rejected his love interest, Pamela Anderson. <laughs> And then he claims to be a George Clooney-level lover. Jeez. This is a movie for children. Yeah. And I also, like, uh, that line is just kind of a a little victim-blamey, too. He's like, it's all your fault. And I'm Mm -hmm. just like, "Mm -hmm. she's not into you, dude. She's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Also, he had a helium suit, and that's how he could fly. Mm -hmm. It looks like it's made out of uh, Jiffy Pop. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why, I just, I always like that reveal scene, because, like, Velma's finally able to take center stage, because Fred doesn't know how, like, the ghost got around, so she's like, actually, I know how the suit works, and then, like, peels off the top fabric layer, and, like, exposes, yeah, the foil balloons, essentially, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, a helium synthesis is what makes the Luna ghost fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after the news crews disperse outside... Velma, Daphne, and Fred start fighting over taking credit for plans and getting damseled. And Shaggy tries to defuse the situation, and then Velma quits. Yeah, yeah, like, Shaggy's going on about this metaphor about, like, oh, we're like a banana split. And- I have a list of what everyone is. Fred is the big banana. Big banana. Yeah, I would describe Fred as a big banana. I know, right? <laughs> Daphne is the pastrami and bubblegum flavored ice cream, and Velma is the sweet and sour mustard sauce that goes on top. Velma's like, that really puts it into perspective for me, Shaggy. I quit. And Shaggy lets out the quietest. No. No. Daphne is so mad right now because, wait, no, I was going to quit. And now 
Now, if I quit, it's everybody's going to think that I'm just copying Velma. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe I quit. <laughs> Says Fred. <laughs> yeah. And then Shaggy's just so sad. Yeah. Like, there's some really, like, I'm going to say it throughout the whole movie, the whole recap. Matthew Lillard's expressions and his acting is so good. Mm-hmm. He's just, like, devastated. And Scooby's reflecting that, too. Yeah. Oh, Scooby is so sad here. It's like, he asked Shaggy, do I quit? And it's like, no, Scoop. Friends don't quit. And I'm like, oh! <sighs> it does my Ooh. 2002 heart good to see this. It hurts, but it feels so good. Matthew Lillard also does a lot of physical acting in this film. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if you just watch him in the background, like, and you see his just resting facial expression, it's like... <laughs> sort of like one of those pull back the sides of your mouth, sort of like lips tucked together, like grins almost Mm -hmm. yeah and like he's you know having to act off of what will essentially be a cgi model and he like you know is acting to this like you know green ball that they just like put in place so he can like have eyeline for where scooby's gonna go and like Mm -hmm. he has nothing to go off of just his lines i will say in uh did i ever say the guy's actual name neil fanning it's defense here um at least according to one of the sources I read, apparently he was on set like anytime there was a Scooby Doo scene doing the Scooby Doo voice. Mm. So oh, that way good. Matthew Lillard had something to play off of. That's good. Okay, good, 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 good. And like they sort of developed a rapport, or or so what I had read had said. Gotcha. Well, still props to Matthew Lillard. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Shag and Scooby drive away sad into a two years later transition into them getting smoked out. Egg- Smoked out by eggplant burgers. <laughs> but not just any eggplant burgers. Chocolate covered eggplant burgers. <laughs> With the hot way... sauce. Ra cha cha. The way Shaggy hits the burgers. It's it's too much. it's it's good. It's my favorite part of this film, and I think about it a lot of the times we're not watching this film. <laughs> <laughs> Something of note is the fact that you you don't realize this as a kid, but the way that this is sh- this sequence is shot, like zooming into the the car, the mystery machine with the smoke coming out of the chimney. Oh, I guess know. there's a reason I use the phrase "smoked out." Yeah, you yeah. don't. It's like I. Ne- it never would have occurred to me as a kid, and it, it probably wouldn't even have occurred with to me like now. The, especially with the music playing right now, it's yeah. past the duchy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. As a kid, that flew right over my head. And as an adult watching it, I'm like, "Oh, they're like really leaning into the the they they set up a very they do a lot of work to set up a a pot joke, mm-hmm. but it's not a pot joke. They're just eating." Yeah. But yeah, they get a knock on the van asking for a Mister Rogers and a Mister Do, the detectives? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> That's such. A, it's such a formal title. Like, no wonder they're like, "No, we're not detectives. Leave us low." Especially the adding of the detectives. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, Shaggy and Scooby try to hide so they don't have to solve a mystery. Which I was like, "Well, then what were they doing in the two years?" I guess it's mainly just cashing royalty checks. I mean, yeah. Shaggy is for money. That's true, also, and they were very clearly world-renowned detectives at this point. Yeah. 
Yeah, I had started to write, where is their gas money coming from? Because obviously the mystery machine's already paid off. And then I was like, oh wait, Shaggy comes from money. And yeah, they are like a stat. They are established at this point. So yeah, they're fine. What's really great is that uh, this this guy who has uh, found them um, offers them 10,000 American dollars and Shaggy replies, Material is not re- materialism is not really their thing. I just like... No, sorry, they use the phrase materialism isn't really our bag oh did they really <laughs> yeah you just i really love shaggy here yeah and i like that like the thing that gets them to accept is the fact that they, if they go the theme park will give them all they can eat yeah access to like all of the dining yeah uh before we get there shaggy does tell scooby to grab the food and scram and scoop starts picking stuff up including a fully made sub sandwich because <laughs> they're always eating subs mm-hmm. and they walk directly into the person who is knocking who was sent by emil mondavarius to invite them to spooky island shaggy informs the man that they don't go to any places with the names spooky haunted forbidden or creepy or hydrocolonic but that's for an entirely different reason Ugh. <laughs> uh- Oh, all the jokes that went over your head as a kid. (laughs) Uh, But they do agree after hearing that it's all you can eat. And at the airport, we see Fred with much better hair running into Velma. Not literally, but, you know, in the same area. And it is very awkward. Uh, Fred has a book called Fred on Fred, The Many Faces of Me, which has an absolutely (laughs) incredible cover. Yeah, uh, I posted Freddy, it on Twitter. It's amazing. Yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. has like the dopiest expression on his face, <laughs> and it's just like just two of them like facing each other. Yeah, One of them's like just a copy and pasted it, flipped it, and shrank it. <laughs> yeah, and like maybe the opacity is a little bit like it's one of them's a little bit more see through a little bit. It's it's joy. It's a very good prop. I hope I hope Freddie Prince got to keep that <laughs> or that he stole it. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Velma worked at NASA. Yes, on a hydro-powered <laughs> missile defense system. But more importantly, went on a self-discovery journey. I love that so much. It's just very, like, low-key, like, oh, yeah, just doing some time at NASA. It's fine. I'm, I'm making weapons now. <laughs> Whatever. Trying to, try to learn about myself a little bit. Environmentally friendly weapons. Yeah. <laughs> hydro-powered. Biodegradable Weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> Daphne is there and is also still mad after spending two years becoming a black belt. Yeah, yeah, she's, um, although she's traveling with, you know, a zillion suitcases. Seven like, carry-on items. <laughs> this is very, very, very pre-9-11. Like, even though the movie came out in 2002, just everything about it is very pre-9-11. Oh, I have, but, like, I have opinions on the plane when they're on the plane mm-hmm. like what the heck but we'll get there yeah but pretty much she, she got her black belt and she's been like trying to teach herself to be like really self-reliable and like you know be able to like defend herself and then like she's also cranky because by seeing them she's 
she feels like she's not gonna be able to say solve the mystery by herself which is what she really wanted to to kind of prove to the others that like she can stand her own and she isn't just some damsel in distress although the movie will do everything in its power to subvert that and make her like as useless as possible at every given moment. except at the very right end up until the end yeah mm-hmm. which i i liked the end but man they could have done a lot more yeah, you can kind of tell that this is definitely a James Gunn bit. <laughs> Shaggy shows up here, and he has a very nice jacket. I like mm-hmm. the sort of canvas with the fur trim on him. Yeah, he—it's he, like uh, his normal outfit, but like a little bit, a little bit different, a little bit modern. Just put a jacket cute. on it. Shaggy yeah. is probably the best dressed in the sense that, my God, Velma is very dedicated to orange. Uh, Daphne yeah. <laughs> is super dedicated to purple, and Fred is just Fred, um, like usual. But Shaggy just looks good; like he he carries that outfit very well. T-shirts are hard to age. True. But mm. Velma is so dedicated to the color orange that there is like a del- one of the deleted scenes is the orange sweater, but with an orange sweater over it. <laughs> Same shade of orange too. <laughs> I only noticed that they were different sweaters because one of them had buttonholes. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, but speaking of outfits, Scooby's dressed up like Grandma. Yep. Because they don't allow big yeah. dogs on the plane. I have opinions on this in a moment. Yeah. Well, it doesn't say specifically dogs aren't, al- aren't allowed on the plane, does it? Shaggy says big dogs aren't allowed on the plane. That's why he has to dress yeah. up like a grandma. Oh, okay. That changes things. A little bit. Like, small dogs are fine, big dogs no. Okay. Which I guess is only true if it's not, like, for, like, specific reasons. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, if it's just I'm bringing my pet dog, which Scooby doesn't... Scooby-Doo is a human being, but also a dog. Scooby-Doo Agreed. is a person. Yes. Um. Scooby-Doo could vote. <laughs> Scooby-Doo should vote. Also, I don't think Scooby-Doo should cross-dress. That's just, like... I don't know. That kind of weirds me out a little bit. They do it a lot, is the thing. Like, in the history of Scooby-Doo, that's like 50% of what Scooby dresses as. I know. It's just like the gag, though. I just, I don't. They don't ever really play it for that gag is a thing. Mm. Like, they do it less often for that gag than Looney Tunes does. Mm. Well, that's, that's, that's saying fair. something. <laughs> and also, like, half the time Shaggy's in on it, too. Like, yeah. Uh, but anyways, they all get all, they're not 100% back together, but Shaggy at least convinces them to all get on the plane. Yeah. Shaggy tries to do an adorable, hey, let's all put our hands together and. And then pull them back out and, and go, go woohoo. <laughs> um, but it doesn't work. They just kind of stare at him. Uh, Fred says, everyone's looking, Shaggy. And it's very sad. <laughs> it's like, man. Daphne was at least like, I'll do it if they do it. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Velma just looked sadly at him. Velma smiled. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Velma was like, that's Shaggy. Yep, I can't be mad at you, Shaggy. You're Shaggy Rogers. (laughs) Uh, And here we see Fred on the plane reading his own book. I have a question for you all. Yeah? Do you think he actually wrote it? No. No. (laughs) That was a ghostwriter, 100%. I mean, I'm sure he gave, like, an outline to somebody, but it was, like, 
four pages double spaced, <laughs> like size twenty four font, and they were like, I, I can I can work something. Fifty percent of it is probably just straight up fabricated. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And also, here's the thing. He's like early twenties. He's got to be right. Um, I would say mm. mid to late twenties at this point mm-hmm. in their career. Yeah, I guess if it, they're established. I guess it just depends. Yeah, I mean, two years after the beginning of the movie, beginning at the beginning of the movie, they were like superstars. Yeah, mm. so they they had had at least a few years of this, and if they've been doing mm. it since um, late teens, then mid twenties, I guess. So yeah. he's not. Why that does means he? They're over thirty in the se- in the sequel. By the way, oh, huh. Oh, is it five years later or something like that? It's been so no, long. No, but it has like a feel to it. Oh. Uh, you know? That's so weird. <laughs> but. Anyways, this plane has a full service bar. Spooky Air, by the way. The plane is Spooky Air. They have their own plane. Well, it is a single island by itself. No, no, it I know. Should. It's just there's something. About it having its own... It's like Jurassic Park kind of level. Of Jurassic World, yeah. I guess, technically speaking. Kind of level of... They have their own airline. Disney had an airline for a while. They did. It failed. I know a lot about that because of certain YouTubes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so fascinating. But... So yeah, this plane has a full bar, mm-hmm. and my thought process on this is, because for a second I was like, bars on planes aren't a thing. I've been on a lot of planes in my life. I'm wrong. That's a real thing. And now my thought process is, what the f- Oh, it's on me. Get it off. Get it off. Get it off. Get it off. <laughs> You're going to yeah, get turned yeah. This is the end of train. <laughs> the amount of people are just that are just standing in this plane- they haven't taxied out yet, though, I don't think. I mean... Well, maybe they have, because at no. the end of it, we see a transition when they're in the air. Yeah, even when, no, like... They're, they're in the air. They're in the air. When, like, Sha- uh, when Scooby moves between seats, there's a ton of people around, and people are just kind of standing yeah. and doing whatever. And they're in mid-flight, or whatever. Well, see, my thought, are they in mid-flight? They... Because MJ just gets on the plane. No, see... It's like we're shown the plane flying, and then we're shown Fred reading his book, oh, and it's all wow. in the plane. Yeah, it's like it's like exterior shot, interior cut to Fred reading his own book. Yeah, and oh. I don't get why Mary Jane uh, is just now finding a seat. <laughs> I don't get it. That's because. I think that's because Mary Jane has been hitting the Mary Jane. Her, her, her Scooby snacks are edibles. Well, I mean, you just gotta go in there and disable the uh, smoke detector in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a federal offense, but I'm not a cop. <laughs> Neither are they. <laughs> Definitely not. There are no cops in this uh, movie. Thank God. Uh, there is some cops in this movie. Are they cops or are they <laughs> Coast Guard? No, there are cops at the beginning of the film, for sure. Mm. Yeah, when they arrest the ghost. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we pan around the 
plane, we see Scooby stealing Shaggy's sandwich because Shaggy's in the middle of getting dreamweavered by some girl getting on the plane who's apparently allergic to dogs. But so Shaggy can do the thing, Scooby has to take the bullet of go sitting by Velma and Fred. Who are just awkwardly sitting next to each other, just not even talking. <laughs> like, it's a long flight, and you're going to f- find ways to occupy yourself. But there's like, you can, when Scooby gets over there, you can just, like, feel the tension between them. They're just like, ugh, this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, for some reason, the girl who's allergic to dog eats Scooby snacks. Um, also, I'm not going to get into it, but Scooby snacks are apparently vegetarian, which maybe shouldn't be a thing for dog treats. But really, I guess it's mainly so that way... Shaggy can be vegetarian because that was an important part of the character at this point in time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a cat on this plane. Yeah. He's oh, sorry. Hold on. Cat. We mentioned it earlier, but that girl's name is Mary Jane. And Shaggy's like, oh, that's my favorite name. <laughs> uh, second drop. Um, of course. But yeah, there's a cat on this plane. And before I knew about the whole big dog uh, thing of why Sha- uh, Scooby had to hide as a grandma this infuriated me like why is there a cat on this plane why yeah no i'm still infuriated about it because it's just out on the plane there's no service vest or anything no. it's just a cat it's just a cat on yeah. a lap and it hisses at scooby and scooby barks and oh my god this is like such a good moment so scooby is barking at this cat and fred and velma are like well shoot this is happening uh velma is like Scooby, no. And Fred is like, okay, there's a corrective behavior, blah, blah, blah. You have to flick the dog on the nose. And he flicks flicks Scooby. And Scooby punches Fred. Yeah. Just punches him. And I love that moment. Scooby's not a dog. Scooby's a people. Yes, exactly. You can't just do that. Come on. Yeah, and we get a weird transition here as Shaggy desperately asks Grandma to not eat the kitty. Don't eat the kitty! <laughs> and the plane, like, it gives, it has some, like, goofy cartoony sound effects. Like, it's, like, veering because the, the cat and dog antics is, like, affecting the trajectory of the plane? I always... No, I think it's just doing a turn. I think they're just going to land. I, I guess I always I always took it as, like, because the sound effects are still going on in the background and it's turning like they were like related but i guess not Mm. i guess it's up to interpretation yeah it's pretty because it's it's really vague all right but anyways the transition does cut to the island where we hear emil mandavarius mandavarius mononucleosis yeah talking about spooky island and how college students just flock to it and what college student could afford a flight to an amusement park where room and board would have to be on site that'd be like five hundred dollars a night plus just getting there and back i know college students who are on their on their parents money and have never paid for anything in their life possibly college students that i went to college with at uga okay yeah probably (laughs) It also ties well with uh, how rowdy they are. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a party island, like, mm-hmm. definitely. It's a frat island. <laughs> uh, so Mr. Bean climbs out of the costume and, and talks to the game, because at first he's, like, in this big waving arm, like, 
machine thing. Yeah. And he's like, oh, Scooby-Doo! And Scooby's like, why is that thing talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's like, no, I'm here. And then he's like, oh, I can be scary if I need to be. And he starts doing a Mr. Bean thing. Yeah, yeah, that's very, very classic Mr. Bean noises coming out of his mouth right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Rawr. he shows... Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I brought you here to the island because you can see the students who are arriving are all wild and rowdy, but the ones that are leaving are sober and well-behaved. Clearly something must be going on with them. Clearly it must be magic. It's a magic spell, is what he's claiming. Yeah, yeah, he keeps really leaning on it. It's magic. It's a magic spell. Yeah. I do want to, like come back to this concept of the ones that are leaving are well-behaved and sober later. Mm-hmm. Got it. But we do meet this guy named Brad, I'm guessing. Does he get a name? I didn't even recognize that he got a name. He's, he calls himself something when he's talking to Carol. Carol. Right. So Brad is coming off the plane and Carol is in line to get onto the plane and Brad is like, hey Carol, we've known each other since like kindergarten. Are you tricking on me? <laughs> Back off my grill, son. And she just lifts him and yeets him. <laughs> this hair's spiky, yeet. <laughs> <laughs> Velma and Fred are like, okay, I'm going to solve it first. And Duffy's like, well, I'll be the one that saves both of you when you get into trouble. <laughs> and Montevarius is like, great, then we'll throw a Spookapalooza to celebrate your arrival, and then we cut to Spookapalooza, where Velma is talking to a skeleton mascot, asking, have you seen any weirdos running around? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the little, like, little lines like that just throughout the whole movie that are just, like, quick. You'll probably miss them, but they're just uh, so good. Mm-hmm. The skeleton, the skeleton costume uh, does say no. <laughs> no, I haven't seen nothing. Uh, and then we have a show starting here, um, and we have the announcer. He's the he looks like the guy from Temple of Doom. He's got literal sharpie on his bald head. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it's messed up around his eye situation too. Uh, anyways, this is Nagu Tauna. And his evil friend Zarkos from Telemundo as the famous mass wrestler Zarkos. And they start the show um, and he's talking about how like, ah, this island is a thoroughfare to another realm or something. And there used to be creatures that lived on the island until Emil Mandavarius built a theme park. And there's a spooky head in the fire and then Velma's like, ah, I see those are three projectors. Yeah, she really is like, I'm here to debunk your 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 magic here, sir. It would be spooky if I couldn't see the projectors. Uh, okay, see, here's the thing. I would say, if it weren't for the fact that he came over specifically to Velma to obviously frighten Velma, what Velma does is kind of not good in, a, in an amusement park kind of situation. Slash just being an audience member in a performance, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But he actually straight up walked yeah. over to her and is like, ooh, are you scared? Yeah. To her. So yeah. it's like, nah. This is our first instance of the rando with a goatee. Yeah. He's just standing there. Yeah. Being smiley and standing next to Velma. 
We never get a name for this man ever. Thelma's like friend him. is what he his uh his billing is. <laughs> really, Thelma's friend. I'm just gonna call him Rando. Rando's good. I am indifferent to him, but then I watched a deleted scene, and now I hate him. Uh oh. Yeah, I had a big crush on Rando when I was younger. I'm pretty biased. I don't. I don't think he has like any redeeming qualities. I just think he's very cute. Yeah, I mean, he's very nothing in the movie as it is. But that one deleted scene just completely ruined the idea of having this Rando here. Of mm. note is that the fact that he is wearing a Led Zeppelin T-shirt. Just randomly Led Zeppelin T-shirt. Yeah. He told him to dress comfy, so he did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we cut to like a party scene, and the bartender gets a call for Mister Do. And we get Mel- Melvin do Melvin do <laughs> poor Melvin. Uh, no, Scooby do Scooby answers the phone and we get a, I uh, got a bag of uh, hamburgers, hamburgers here for you. <laughs> Just go into the dark, shadowy part of the forest to collect them. Scooby's like, okay. Yeah, just no, no, like, hmm, this could be. Like, dangerous, or a trap. Just, let's go. Yeah, yeah um, so Shaggy is good at a crane game. And it feels like there are two parts of this film where this should become a thing, but they don't make the effort of making it a thing other than showing you A and also B, and they're similar. And I'm like, these are connected. What in particular? Uh, it has to do with the ending sequence. I'll go ahead and say it. Shaggy operates the big claw at the end of the movie. Oh my god, that's right! Uh, oh my god! What? Why wasn't that a thing? That's like so obvious! Like, they did the effort, but they never said anything. Gosh. And And he was the one... Okay. He was the one to uh, pull certain things out of a certain something? Yeah. What the heck? Anyways. I guess maybe in his defense, the toys don't move like spirits do. Mm. Well, no, True. he kept he got those spirits pretty fine too. Is the thing? Mm. Yeah, it's just like there's some there. There could have been a potential. Oh yeah, this is a thing. There could have been a through line of Shaggy is good at crane games. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Daphne is talking to a man doing a voodoo ritual. Who throughout the movie is only called the Voodoo Man, but I'm going to call him Derek. That's a good name. I like Derek a lot, even though he's literally just there to, like, literally vomit exposition at the cast. And be the quote-unquote voodoo man. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, he's trying to do a ritual with a raw chicken. (laughs) Yeah, Daphne makes some, like, smart comment about, like, it's already dead. How can you sacrifice its life force if it's... And he's like... How, how could you have guessed that it was dead? Hmm? It's missing a head. I know. I really love this guy. Uh, so Daphne's trying to get some clues, right? So she asks him. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. Feel free. No, she, she asked him about the clues and he said, here's a clue. Purple's a fall color. It's the middle of May. Hell yes. <laughs> and we now know that this film takes place in May. <laughs> 
So it's like warm for like spring break. It's it's spring break, but like really late spring break. But it's not summer break yet. Yeah. Uh, college college classes can end in May. True. And these people aren't clearly aren't the kind to worry about finals. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> uh, he also tells her to go home and describes her as aerobicized. <laughs> And she's so mad about that too. She's like, "How dare!" Like, not not quite like literally that line, but like that attitude. Mm-hmm. Also, don't go into that spooky island castle. And Daphne has so much circular logic going on right now. It's like, "Aha! It's you want me to go into that scary psychology. castle?" She's sh- she's trying so hard. And I, I like the the monologue that uh, as like Sarah Michelle Geller is delivering it too. Mm-hmm. She goes on for a long while, mm-hmm. and meanwhile, he's just kind of like, "What are you talking about? Huh? I told you not to go up there." What? Uh, it's just so funny. <sighs> but in the woods, Scooby finds the bag of hamburgers. I guess there's hamburgers. Maybe there's hamburgers in there. Maybe there's not even there's hamburgers anything. in there. I think it was just a sack. Hmm. Hmm. Anyways, he gets attacked by a demon, which is apparently what they're called, but I'm going to call them bunnies. Yeah, they're bunnies. You were going to say something, Crash? Oh, I was thinking, like, how, like, I think Scooby's, like, looking around with all of his senses, but I guess, like, I guess he would have found it, like, sooner if there was hamburgers in it, because he would have smelled it, but obviously Mm -hmm. he can, like, see that it's a bag, and also, like, Scooby can read, right? So Scooby can read. Yeah, I know. He he yeah. reads a sign before he gets to that one that says hamburgers this way. Yeah, yeah. So Scooby's it's like person. interesting that he's like not following his nose like a dog would. He's following his eyes. Maybe he is, and maybe there is a hamburger in there. Maybe. Just one. It's got That's some the lie. That's the lie. It only has one burger. Maybe it was a sack that was used to carry hamburgers in the past. Mm. It just has the scent. Are demons that smart? Uh, no, bunnies but bunnies are, are. Bunnies are definitely not. Uh, even the bunnies aren't that smart. <laughs> Let's be real. Uh, anyways, Scooby escaping from the bunny caused it to get launched from a tree and into a roller coaster. And how did no one see this bunny? I don't know. Is it part of the ride? Mm, maybe. Uh, yeah, but Scooby comes running out of the woods to Shaggy Screaming Monster. As an actual bunny, Mascot comes out making him look like a fool. <laughs> Dog who cried wolf. Uh, Mary Jane leaves and then sneezes on Scooby. Uh, Daphne brings Shaggy and Scooby like out of the party into the castle. And they were like, mm, castles have paintings with the eyes in them that, fall, that look at you and statues that look like just regular suits of armor, but then when you there's actually people in them and when they... You're not looking, they follow you around. Very rational fears. It's happened before. It happened 12 times before. Mm-hmm. But Daphne bribes Scooby with a Scooby snack, causing him to do a jumping roundhouse kick to Shaggy in the face. <laughs> Daphne does not bribe Shag with a Scooby snack, but does say to him, you're not going to stay out here alone, are you? Yeah, see, that's smart. That's... Yeah. That's utilizing your resource well. Yeah. Shaggy's just like looking around and is like, no thank you. And then follows. <laughs> Such good line delivery in this in this <laughs> film. Um, inside is like a sort of dark ride. 
um, with spooky-faced cars. Is um, it a dark ride? It, any ride that takes place inside is a dark ride. Okay. I always was under the impression that dark rides were actually, like, just straight up dark. No, because, like, the um, the Spider-Man ride is a dark ride. Oh, okay. Um, technically, the Mummy, which is a roller coaster, is a dark ride because mm. it takes place indoors. Mm. There was that one Tomb Raider ride that was a dark ride, even though it was just a big spinny thing inside a building. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, um, quick aside here. They did make a Scooby-Doo ride at uh, the Australian Warner Brothers movie theme park. Oh. Um, because like they shot the movie at the studio, like, back lot right behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was based... Around the idea of the Spooky Island Castle. Oh, wow. Like, the cars looked similar, and the facade of the building looked like the Spooky Island Castle. Um, and it was a mouse. Uh, the, what are they called? That's mouse in the name. Mouse trap? That kind. Uh, it's basically like a four-person car that just does, like, quick turns and stuff like that. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I it's like know. a Yeah, it was a coaster of some kind. Themed around the film, yeah. Apparently, I think it's still open. They did some renovations to change some stuff, but it still exists. I will say, this castle actually does deserve to be a ride, so I'm really glad. Like, I wrote in my notes, man, this castle deserves to be a ride. I'm glad it exists (laughs) somewhere. Yeah, like, none of the gimmicks that are in this ride are in, I think maybe there's some... uh, They don't have any swinging swinging pendulums? There might be swinging axes in it, actually, but there's not, like, a feast scene or anything. Gotcha. <laughs> um, there is a vat of souls in it, though. Oh, God. Love that. Uh, anyways, Fred comes in from a different door. Yeah. Completely scaring Shaggy and Scooby. No lead-up, by the way. He just uh, yeah. he just comes through. Well, there is like one. That. There's one leading line where Daphne goes, The only thing missing about the castle is uh, my zombies. And then enter Fred. <laughs> uh, That's funny. Fred says he follows some weird footprints up here, and I have a question for you again. Were they Shaggy, Scooby, and Daphne's footprints? Yes. Yeah. That's yes. how I always interpreted that. I No, I never interpreted it that way, but it makes perfect sense. Uh, Velma also spooks them all with an animatronic, saying that this ride is closed for construction, making it the most likely to hash an evil plan. Mm-hmm. And also I wanted to scare the patootie out of Daphne. <laughs> But, like, she says that in a playful way. Yeah, it's uh-huh. very like playful. A malicious one. It's like, I will say, in the context of the rest of everything, it's not playful. But under normal uh, friend situation, it's yeah. very playful. So it's very mm. conflicting. Well, yeah. it could also be, like, one of those things, like, I haven't seen Daphne in two years. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of reads to me like they're on their way to... They're warming up to each other. Like, they're kind of getting back into their old dynamics. Because, like, Daphne Um, specifically pulled Shaggy and Scooby to come help and stuff like that, too. Yeah, yeah. So, it's like, they... Daphne... Or, Velma wants to be friendly and, like... But also, terrorizing Daphne is just fun. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Fred's like, alright, well, since we're all here, we should split up and search for clues. Um, and he's like, well, me and Daphne, and as soon as he says those two words, Bill was like, typical. I was always picked last. Which, actually, you're usually picked around third. Yeah, because it's usually, you know, one, two, three, Fred, Daphne, Velma, all get assignments, and then it's like, Scooby, Jackie, do whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, uh, 
me and Daphne will go here, or me, Daphne, and Velma will go here. If it's just me and Daphne, it'll say Velma, you, and Scoob, and Shaggy mm. go here. Mm-hmm. But I get the I get the um, intent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Fred says, I, I wrote down these words specifically because it is a fun way, like, auditory thing to hear. Fred tells Daphne, okay, you exit through the entrance, me and Velma will enter through the exit. <laughs> I did not notice that. That's awesome. Uh, Shaggy and Scooby, do whatever you guys do. Yeah. So they walk directly to some sort of feast scene, which Shaggy describes as a medieval, medieval sizzler. sizzler. <laughs> I'm glad we all got that written down. I wrote it down because Sizzler is a California restaurant chain. I grew up with one right down the road. Hearing it now that I live in Georgia and to in this 2002 movie is bonkers to me i think there are some in florida are there yeah i i've been to one when we used to live in, in california and oh, it's man. very nostalgic for me God. there's at least one in orlando and that's why i would know it gotcha oh, wow it's just so weird but it makes sense considering where the wait no what you said it was wait hold on did you say that this movie was filmed in in Australia? Australia. It was written by a bunch of Americans. Yeah. yeah, it's like an American product. They just filmed it somewhere else it's so they just, can get that. There's just something look. so weird about hearing it. I mean, I'm sure it's not that out of nowhere. It's just I haven't thought about Sizzler in like ten years. Yeah, there are like so many different like buffet chains yeah. too, like. Maybe Sizzler was just it a Golden Corral. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if like that was just cheaper to go with Sizzler. Mm-hmm. Probably. I mean, I think when you're making a joke, you can say whichever one you want. Mm-hmm. And also a, f- a medieval Sizzler. So medieval times. <laughs> if medieval times was a buffet, I would be more into medieval times. Yeah. <laughs> Daphne breaks down a wooden barricade. And that's like her whole thing. Uh, Fred tries to have a heart-to-heart with Velma. It's like, I didn't mean to always pick you last. And I was like, it's okay. I know you only care about swimsuit models. And it's like, now hold on a minute. I'm a man of substance. And I quote, Dorky chicks like you turn me on too. Supposed to be a compliment. Uh, that's that's how straight men be, though. Yeah. They think that like, but I'm attracted to you, so therefore you have self-worth in my eyes. Uh. Anyways, we see a spooky baby on the wall that has real human eyes that are watching them. Love that. Always love that. And then the little person on the other side runs to activate the ride just as Daphne kicks down the door, which makes me wonder, did she kick it open? No. No. I think maybe she did. Because Ooh. the ride car would, it probably wouldn't open until the ride car's closer. So that way it doesn't ruin the surprise of what's in the next room. It could be that there's some, as soon as the ride was turned on, something in the mechanism was a little bit loosened. But I, I, can, I can see that argument of she probably kicked it down. That or it opens because of pressure and then it would have opened if the, like, the car had pressed it against it. True. Mm. True. I like that last one. Yeah. Anyways, as she's celebrating, she gets hit by the ride car and is carried forward. Uh, meanwhile, in the feast room, it starts going wild. I'm mad there weren't any food puns in here, though. Yeah, just a lot of styrofoam eating. Mm-hmm. It's plastic. Yeah, 
I feel like the voice over the intercom should have said something about, I don't know, chicken cordon boo. Or... <laughs> if this had been an actual cartoon movie, there would have been. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. That's probably right. But yeah, they get tied to the wall by some plastic sausages. Uh, in Fred and Velma's room, axes start swinging around, and they go into the next room, and there's more axes swinging around. But there's a bookcase in the room, so they're like, alright, let's start throwing books off this bookcase so we can find a secret passage. And Fred's like, Velma, Velma this, this is, is a, a ride. ride. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have any better ideas? And Fred immediately starts helping. Yeah, my question here is like, oh, we got to do this before the axe reaches our part of the room where it'll hit us. If it gets near you, you can just go back further in the room. Mm-hmm. But it's like that panic. Like, they're not thinking straight. Yeah, it's been two years since they've done anything like this. Presumably. I, I argue that Velma should always be thinking straight, but sure. But yeah, they do that. Pack and Shaggy in Scooby's room, they start biting the plastic sausages to break free. And we learned that Shaggy also drinks out of toilets. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Scooby Scooby complains, oh, it's plastic. And Shaggy says, what do you care? You drink out of a toilet. And there's a really good beat of Scooby's offended face. It's like, so do you. I just, <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good sequence, I find. Yeah. It has a really good comedic beat. Uh, meanwhile, Daphne's car is heading towards a spike wall of swords, and she doesn't just, you know, let go and fall to the side of the ride. Yeah, that was weird. But sure, well, we can say the panic thing here, too, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's really so that way they can point out, it's like, ah, see, she's still helpless. She even says she's helpless. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Mm. Um, anyways, Fred pulls a book too hard <laughs> and falls backwards in front of the axe. Maybe it looked really heavy, but it was a prop. Yeah. So it was hollow. Probably. Uh, so Velma tosses a book at him so he can block it, and doing so causes him to be launched through a glass panel and into the control room, shutting down the ride. Uh, the wall Shag and Scooby are on, like, it, well, things stop trapping them, but then the wall falls over. And then they talk about the time they tried to eat a hot guy in a hot dog costume. <laughs> yeah, I really, okay, I really like, I know I say this a lot when it comes to Shaggy, I liked this line. Because it's a few moments after the hecticness of the previous scene, where all the music is, where all the the craziness of the ride. And with this line, it really relieves that tension. And it's really good. Yeah. Velma pulls the last book on the shelf, which opens a secret door into a schoolroom. It looks like a school. Yeah, they say it looks like a schoolroom because it has like desks and stuff. Uh, Daphne, meanwhile, finds a sort of ritual room, and Shaggy and Scooby find a kitchen TV set, which I'm guessing maybe it was used for what we find in Fred and Velma's room of the strange teen instructional videos featuring bad bad slang such as, no big whoop dog, yo, did you catch that new vid on the box? Oh, God. I like how it just ends with one of the guys going, word, wink. Wink. <laughs> Velma's like, ah, okay, this has to be a brainwashing cult. It's <laughs> just so, and all, so funny. All brainwashing cults have a power hungry leader. The power, the Papa Smurf figure. <laughs> Wise Papa Smurf. 
corrupted by his own power. Can no leader go untainted? <laughs> something of note is that Velma actually says out loud um, something about Mondavarius. So, like, mm. they suspect Mondavarius. I think Fred's like, well, why? Because why would he bring us here then? Mm-hmm. Or someone su- suggests that afterwards. Right. Daphne touches the pyramid in the ritual room and it opens, so she takes it and then escapes the trap that closes around it. It's a very slow-moving trap, but fair. Yeah. Uh, Shag and Scooby just start making noises. <sighs> it's an extended farting sequence. Yeah. This is a lot of toilet humor in this movie, just in general, but like especially condensed in this one part. Yeah, I think this is like 90% of the toilet humor in this film. Yeah. Poor Daphne walks into it while mm-hmm. Shaggy is... Uh... Having his finisher, I guess, of the competition. Yeah, the fatality. Yeah. Literally, basically. Um, Daphne's like, we're here to solve a mystery? Yes, the delivery on that line's very good. Yes. Mm -hmm. Also, apparently, it is heavily implied that this carries a scent with it. And it is not just noise. Uh, Because... Later, it also comes up where someone's like, what's that smell? Yeah. Um, the little person from before presses an alarm button, who, which summons Zarkos and some guards. And I think Magoo is there as well? Yes. Uh, but so the gang all hide as uh, characters on the ride? Like, uh, prop characters? Yeah. Like Shaggy's in a suit of armor and stuff like that? Yeah. Classic, classic Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. And we learned, like, we hear them say that the name of the thing is called the Daemon Ritus. And then they all escape and seem to be okay with each other as they go to present their findings to Mondavarius. Fred calls him mononucleosis. Which is great. Yeah. Which is very Fred. And they go ahead and tell him, here are our sus- suspects. Nagu Tauna, because he thinks you took over this island. Derek. Because Daphne thinks he's spooky. Yeah, uh, Daphne <laughs> is so rude to to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Derek didn't do anything wrong, honestly. It's just like Daphne's like, uh, because he tricked me into the spooky castle. I'm like Daphne, no, you tricked yourself into the spooky castle. And then Emil Mondavarius, and he's like me, and Fred's just like, honestly, it's just because you creep me out. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, you know what? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, they split up to go do research on the stuff they have so far. And then Nagu menacingly walks all the way to a piano. I and then just starts playing a sort of chill song. Love this moment. Like, okay, so Velma is going to decode the artifact at a bar. And she's in a very public place. And we see Nagu just walking menacingly, like, looking at her. And the music rises and swells, and he sits down, and he just starts playing the piano. That's beautiful. the deleted scene that goes here, though. Oh? Uh, it goes in a second when they get the drinks. Yeah, or yeah. After they get the drinks. But yeah, it's a pretty good scene. This rando, sh- the rando shows up again. And starts asking her questions, so she's like, oh yeah, so this thing, I think it's called the Demon Ritus, and this entire time Nagu is eavesdropping. Or at the very least, appears to be, because we can see his facial expressions. Yeah. Yeah. 
Which, like, he's playing the vo- the piano at full volume, so he must have very good hearing. Yeah. He's a cult leader. <laughs> he's got to. So, Velma is, like, not discreet at all. She's in a bar decoding this artifact. She's talking mm-hmm. to Rando about this artifact. And, okay, see, here's the thing. The bartender puts two drinks before her and Rando and says, on the house. And I'm like... Not just on the house, but also... Nice sweater. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He does say nice sweater. But I'm like, wait, what just happened? Velma, don't drink that. What are you doing? Yeah. You're here to solve a mystery. You know, I think young Velma would have had the right kind of mania to create an immunity to most poisons. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You know what? Yes. Yes. She's just been like slowly, just just taking a little bit of cyanide at a time. Just well, not just of... that, but man, you can't you cannot roofie Velma Dinkley. Yeah, 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 exactly. But what if it, the goal was to get her drunk? <laughs> Fair enough. That would have been easier. Because here's the thing: as we find out at the deleted scene. Oh, uh, right? well. In any case, um, in a moment, we we find Velma giggling, and I I always read it as man she's had too much to drink but maybe that's not the case i don't know considering what what she's giggling about but uh but yeah she's like oh i think this is a ritual or something anyways this reminds me solving a mystery reminds me of the good old mystery days (laughs) and then she's like oh we have each member of the gang and i'm going to describe them in a mostly positive way and then there's scrappy scrappy deppy doo and peed on Daphne. Yeah. Toilet humor. And then tries to throw a coup. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, he's the real leader here. Um, so they kick him out of the van in the middle of a desert. I do need to say, Scrappy-Doo says the word scroat in this film. What? Yeah, he says you don't have the scroat to be the leader of the group. Oh my fried. god. That alone is worth being chucked out of the van, literally in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Yeah. At least they're generous and give him a suitcase, but... Yeah. Didn't even deserve that. The only thing that's in there is his barbell. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently he wasn't even a puppy, he just had a gland disorder. Yeah. And this is when we come back from the flashback and Velma is giggling on the shoulder of Rando. Yes, and then this is where the deleted scene, I'll go ahead and say what it was. It's, she goes up to Nagu playing the piano, climbs on the piano, and starts singing, um, what, what song is that? What uh, is it actually called? I love you, baby. What? That one. It's a um, whole music musical number. Why? She's like, literally, sing- like, drunk singing on the piano, dancing. I and assume like, she's singing at Fred and Daphne because yeah. they both come down the stairs like opposite of each other. Oh my god! And meet up in the middle. I mean, it's definitely not about Rando. It probably would have been framed as being about Rando. Well, no, I watched the film. <laughs> I watched the deleted scene, and she's like, at no point. Like, it looks like she's singing to someone that she's in love with, but at no point does it cut to Rando. And every oh, time okay. it cuts to Fred, it's also cutting to Fred and Daphne together. That's so weird. Uh, 
I'm glad it was a deleted scene. Because that's so And then so also, weird. Monda Various is like, she does know that the bleeding schools aren't alcoholic, right? Oh, God. Uh, but yeah. And that that's when it would cut to Scooby clapping and you know whistling at the window mm-hmm. after she finishes her number. But instead, it's just after Nagoo finishes his number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... Scooby sees another of the bunnies mm-hmm. and then freaks out. And Fred's like, it's it's chill. There's no such thing as monsters. And as he's about to say that to everyone, the bunny crashes through the window behind him. Yep. Fred gets grabbed and is basically immediately knockout gassed. Yeah. As more bunnies just sort of start flying through the ceiling and other windows. Um, Velma loses her glasses, but the bunny gives them back. He's like, here you go. <laughs> Um, and she's like, oh, n- bad breath, nice mask, and tries to remove it, but it's not a mask. And then she gets KO'd. And then Daphne grabs the Damon Ritus, and we see Emil Mandavarius get grabbed and pulled down into the ground, never to be seen again for, like, another hour. And But Scooby, Shaggy, Daphne, and Mary Jane all escape out a window. And then Daphne's like, alright, we gotta follow them, because we have to save the others. I have a question. Uh-huh. The music sequence in this. Mm-hmm. Was I hearing correctly the lines of You Remind Me of the Babe? It is the Labyrinth magic Dance Magic Dance. Okay. But it's the verses, not about the babe, but about a man. And then when it goes to do the chorus, it's a completely different song. Okay. Oh. But they, they, they like really like lean into like, the call and response being more like shouty. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that kind of makes it sound a little bit different, but yeah, no, it's a okay. Labyrinth reference. Okay. Okay. So I haven't heard the original version of this. This is the only version of this song that I have heard. Oh, we should watch Labyrinth some night. Yeah. That's another important movie from my childhood. <laughs> we see the monsters enter the show building from earlier. The one where Nagu was talking about, how the island is full of demons or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it, the door seals behind them. And Mary Jane's like, all right, I'm going to call the Coast Guard. And then I guess the people there are in on it because after she says our friends have been captured, they're like, laughing. Our friends have been captured. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, we'll send someone to the pier. So the next morning, the four of them are asleep on the beach by the pier. Which, man, that's got to be real co- uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, the hotel, they turn around and they see that the hotel has been completely restored. There's no broken windows or anything. Mm-hmm. And all of the teams are fine enough. My question here is, because um, we do find out here in a second that those that were knocked out last night are no longer acting like themselves. But they aren't acting like they're sober and well-behaved. They're just like another level of teen rowdiness. Yeah, it's just like they're not quite acting uh, like... How would you describe it? Because like they, they have all like the slang is wrong. Oh, just like yeah, a like little the slang off. is wrong and their personalities are different. Yeah. But no one's saying, Are you get out of my grill, son, and then chucking them 20 feet after standing there dead-faced. They're all acting like people, just different people. Maybe it's like, maybe a part of like the, 
processing of like them leaving the island with like because of the master plan maybe well, i was thinking maybe the brainwashing thing was like a more recent thing oh my god but at oh the same god. time it, it feels like it's weird that we set up this sober and well-behaved thing it's, and then never having it come up you know what it is it's not brainwashing it's teaching the bunnies how to act yeah that's what it is that's 100 what it is mm-hmm so they just haven't gone to class yet. And they're told, okay, just act normal. I guess. I don't know. It's just so wild. Yeah, so Daphne decides that they should split up. MJ goes one way. Scooby and Shaggy are sent to the other because otherwise they're going to stick with Daphne. So Daphne heads towards the pool and is just sung at by, I'm guessing, uh, you said it was the Sugar Ray guy? Yeah, it's the lead singer from Sugar Ray, Mark McGrath. He has frosted tips. It's the early 2000s. I think he also has like a soul patch. Yeah. Your goatee is there too. Yeah. Yeah, he gets some camera time. He's singing. Yep, and he's singing at Daphne, and then we see his eyes turn green and hears his voice distort. So Daphne's like, I'm gonna leave now. Bunnies can carry a tune, I guess. (laughs) Shaggy and Scooby, meanwhile, find Fred just early 2000s frat boy and get up. Mm Mm-hmm. And is slinging way too hard <laughs> to the point where I, it's almost impossible to understand them. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, they ask, hey, what happened last night? And I'm pretty sure he says something along the lines of, we had beats like it was the last night on Earth. My understanding of it. The millennium just happened. <laughs> yeah. You know, two years ago. <laughs> That was the last time they were Mystery Incorporated, was starring my 2K. Yeah? Oh my gosh. Uh, so Fred and his crew growl and spew fumes and start chasing Shaggy and Scooby. Daphne, at some point, gets ambushed by Zarkos, who takes the Damon Ritus, and then a deleted scene takes her soul. Zarkos? I love Zarkos' costume. It has a lot of good, like, underboob muscle. I think he needs more our screen time. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, uh, Totally. I want this man to have a personality other than being the big muscle. Yeah. Imagine if um, him and the... And Nagoo were the same Yes! Character. Absolutely. Mm. Can but you imagine? You someone to introduce Zarkaz as... You might recognize him from Telemundo as the masked wrestler Zarkaz. Yeah, but imagine the scene where uh, Nagoo... Nagoo? Nagoo. Yeah. Yes, Nagoo. Imagine the scene where Nagoo uh, sits at the piano, and imagine him instead. That would have oh, been amazing. Yeah. That would have been amazing! Uh, but yeah, so they, uh, Shaggy and Scooby are still being chased by Fred and the creepy crew, and they end up in a shed that has four-wheelers in it, and then they drive away. And then they find Mary Jane just on the side of the road, who says they had, she had found her friend Beth Ann, who was acting different. There's something wrong with her eyes. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, jump on. And then they keep driving because they're still being chased. And at some point, Mary Jane gets hit with a branch and her face monsters out as she taunts Scooby. Yeah, it's like, essentially, she has a rubber mask on, mm-hmm. it looks like. And, like, the force of the branch hitting her, like, shifted the mask. And yeah. then she, like, stretches it back into place. And, like, well, they do a pretty good job of this, like, around the eyes. Mm-hmm. You can see, like, the skin of the bunny underneath. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, real creepy trying to, thinking about it. Because it's, like, we find out later 
It's not like there are no bones in that person. Yeah. It's just straight up a person, but possessed. But it acts like a mask. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they come to a stop back in front of that show building. Um, and Scooby starts barking at Mary Jane and says she's a man in a mask. Because there's no such thing as monsters, according to Fred. <laughs> Scooby's a very good dog. Um, Shaggy and Scooby start to fight because Shaggy's like, hey, you need to back off, Scoob. And Scooby's like, no, nah, I know what I saw. Yeah, I think he gets called whipped. Yeah, yeah he does. He's like, you're whipped. Or I guess ripped and then there's a thing about eating cat poop in there uh but anyways shaggy or not shaggy scooby ends up falling down a trap door and while monster jane tries to stop shaggy he dives in anyways because friends don't quit yeah uh down there shaggy finds like a thing with some spooky glowing water and a bat of souls this is actually when we see the soul being ripped out of mm. Daphne. Which yeah. Is why Shaggy knows, like, oh, one Daphne's soul is in here, and two, that's where the souls go. We did? It's in the uh, deleted scenes. Oh, okay. I didn't have time to watch the deleted scenes, so. Yeah, I'm going to go over what they all are at the end. Yeah, okay. Velma calls out to Shaggy, because she's like, oh, Shaggy's in here, I think. Like, around here. I can sense it. <laughs> I can hear him calling for Scoob. Scoob! So he reaches in and just pulls her... They call it protoplasm. I'm just going to say it's a soul because that's what it is. Yeah. Mm. Out of the vat. Uh, she tells him to let her go so she can fly back to her body. So Velma then flies back into her possessed quote-unquote hot body. Because it is definitely dressed differently than Velma do. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those instances where you would have to probably Photoshop the cleavage. Yep. Mm-hmm. Upon doing so, the bunny flies out and explodes in the sun. Luckily, it was carrying her glasses. Yeah? Very lucky for her. Yeah. Uh, Shaggy then pulls Fred's soul out, who's freaking out. He's like, I think someone spiked my root beer. You need to talk me down. <laughs> and then Shaggy just bumps him back to find his body. Uh, and we follow it, flying through the air. We hear someone say the phrase, the Darkopolis is upon us. Darkopolis ritual. And then Fred goes to get into his body, but then runs straight into a door and is launched away. Yeah, there's like a weird solidness about their souls. Mm-hmm. Like, they can't go through walls. But it's it's to set up some antics that are coming up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Shaggy then just pulls out some random guy, and then instead of letting him go to get into his body, he just dunks him back in. <laughs> and pulls out the very adamant about saving herself Daphne. And then just launches her despite her best wish, despite what she wants. We don't follow her head, but instead we cut straight to Velma pulling Daphne's bunny-possessed body into a different room. Right as a soul comes flying into the room to possess the bo- repossess the body. And pulls the blinds just in time to get a quip in before the monster melts. Of note, like, I noticed this, and it's like, Velma keeps the shades closed. Until the monster comes out. Yeah. yeah. And says it. Like, the monster's out. She says the one-liner. And then... And it's not even a really good one-liner. Is You could use a little sunlight. It's like, no, Velma, at least make it a pun. If you're gonna wait 
Yeah, Velma's not good at puns, though, but she wanted to try it, because she wanted to be cool for Daphne to come back in the body. Yeah, except... They're about to kiss in two scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Only they won't, and also, it's not Daphne. Oh. Okay, Venom. Huh? Because that they, 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 do, they do that in Venom, where the... Um, the symbiote is possessing the female love interest at that point. And then Tom Hardy kisses the woman, but she's definitely wearing the Venom suit. Yeah. And Venom and Tom Hardy kiss. Yeah. Ah. All I'm saying is the Venom movie is heavily inspired by Scooby Doo 2002. <laughs> you can take that to the bank. Oh my god. Yeah, so Fred's in Daphne's body, and as we find this out, we see Daphne fly into Fred's body. They all three of them meet up and walk into the woods, where Shaggy comes up and is like, Hey, I took the demon Ritus back. Are you guys you? And they're like, No. And when he puts down the demon Ritus, it makes their souls play musical chairs until everybody's in the right spot. Yeah, this part I didn't, did not age very well. I didn't understand <laughs> it. I was like, Why would it pull Shaggy and Velma? Because he's around. I guess. Yeah, I think it's like anybody in proximity it'll it like it's trying to like just swap people around until everybody's right again I guess. Air quotes, right again look i'm not gonna diss on this too much because as a young impressionable youth a body swap things had a very impactful impact on my understanding of my own gender expression mm. i'm not and that's valid i just i think the the jokes that the characters make when they're in the bodies are a little like yeah i think even before the scene it gets a little dated with fred's like immediate reaction to being in daphne's body yeah that i I didn't like that i think yeah fred is the biggest offender here i think i think shaggy's is fine because it's sort of like that playful like like in daphne's body's like why are you so hungry all the time daphne yeah granted she hasn't eaten in like a day it's no wonder yeah uh, but then again, if I don't see someone eat, they basically haven't eaten. Oh no! Um, I do of the of this scene. I really like Velma. Velma is explaining the situation in Fred's body. Mm-hmm. They switch souls, musical chairs, like, and she ends up in Shaggy's body and continues to explain. Yeah, as if nothing happened. I liked that moment. There's definitely, like, a ray of light in the scene, and that's, like, uh, Shaggy and Velma antics. I was just like, I'm just like, Fred, shut up. Just, just, <laughs> can you not? Yeah. Although, watching the different actors trying to act everybody else's voices mm-hmm. is pretty good. Because watching uh, Matthew Lillard's body trying to understand the cadence with which <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. is going to say that line. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the physical acting is pretty good, too. So they end up in each other's, in, in their own bodies. Yeah. Um, and then there's an explosion that happens in the distance. And they go there and it's Derek who's trying to perform a ritual to protect himself from the Darkopolis ritual. And Velma's like, ah, I get it. They're using the souls as an energy source. And so the leader must absorb a pure soul to complete it. And if the ritual is complete, the bunnies will rule the earth for 10,000 years, I guess. I think it, she got that from her deciphering. Yeah. Like, she picks that up. It's like, okay, putting this together with what I know from what I read on the thing. Right. That's what I'm getting here. And then Derek is the one that says the stuff about 10,000 years. Yeah. 
Uh, Fred's like, well, where are they going to get a pure human soul? Which Velma says, I didn't say human. And we smash cut to Scooby in the ritual cage. That's in the spooky castle? Yeah. Oh, Scoobert do. Poor guy. I love the implication here is that there must have been something on the pedestal that he touched to trigger the trap. That's that's always been my assumption. That's like when when he was down there, he triggered the trap and got caught. I thought we see him get like picked up and dragged away. No, he fell in the hole. Mm. He falls, we don't see anything. And then we just followed Shaggy the entire time. We never saw Scooby until this moment. Gotcha. But he's just in the cage. And the gang's like, alright, so the leader of the cult must be the one that brought Scooby to the island. Emil Mondavarius. In his office. Where Scooby is brought in. Uncaged and unleashed. He just like walked in like he's a guest. <laughs> yeah. Mondavarius starts seeding doubts about his friends as he slowly tricks Scooby into agreeing to be a sacrifice. Although it's not what's streaking, it's just like, hey, you want to be a sacrifice? And Scooby, not knowing what a sacrifice is, is like, yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> I wanted, <laughs> I want to point out, Mondavarius is decked out in a black suit. Oh, yeah. Like mm. velvet, crushed velvet. Yeah. It's a good look. It's very uh, menacing kind of suit, and I, I really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, so we come back over to the gang, and they do the thing where they put their oh, they all put their hands in, and they pull it out, but they don't say woohoohoohoo. I thought they did. It's a, no. start, a step in the right direction. Oh, they no. don't say woohoohoo, but instead Velma's like, let's get jinky with yes. it. Yes, yes, she does. But then they start their planning montage where they're gathering all of the items they need, like the skull disco ball and some repelling gear. Where did they and get their it? Plan, uh, they show it as the skull disco ball is the one from no 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 the party room the repelling gear the repelling gear is from a wall climbing thing that they do show them getting that okay uh, the wall climbing uh, attraction has more of a spotlight in the deleted scenes okay gotcha uh, but the plan is to tip the vet over using some pulleys and then Daphne will use the vent and open it up and release the light to refract off the disco ball. And then it'll kill all the bunnies. Uh, but Shaggy messes it up instantly because instead of hooking it to the... He cooks it to the vat, but it also gets caught on his carabiner. Mm-hmm. And when they pull on it, it just lets go of the vat entirely and just pulls him up. And it basically causes everyone to fall to the ground, except for maybe Daphne. Yeah, Daphne is still up up top. But so... They hide. Fred and Velma take the Damon Ritus and try to blend in as possess as the rest of the possessed people come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shaggy accidentally knocks out a... Guard? He's wearing a mask, we find out later, is because he's one of the people that carries the chair to the altar. Right. But as they're dancing, Fred and Velma try to gesture to Daphne to go outside to reprep the lights. But then Fred gets too far into it and keeps <sighs> dancing after everyone else stops. Which causes Mandavarius to notice them and retrieve the Damon Ritus again now i was always under the impression that they knew that the possessed uh teens i guess all just knew that they had two imposters because the thing is is that they're two groups surrounding uh fred and velma and both of those groups turn towards fred and velma as if pointing in their direction Mm. yeah it's pretty insane 
it's definitely like it could definitely be read that way. My person, I think the way I read it was like they're going to be the two groups and they're going to point towards the center. It's just they happen to be standing in the center and still moving. In the moment, they're like, okay, those people are still moving. They're not one of us. Mm. Maybe the people closer to them would have been like, these people don't know the chant or the dance uh, or the dance. Who knows? Yeah. They, they definitely don't do a good job of making it clear. Or they don't do a good job of blending in. No, that too. Uh, so Shaggy is, like I said, disguised as one of the people carrying Scooby's chair to the altar to be sacrificed. And on the way there, they have a heart-to-heart about trust and how they're two trippy peas in a far-out pod. <laughs> Love that so much. Um, and they make a countdown saying, all right, on five, we're going to make a run for it. One, two, and then on to Scooby's soul gets ribbon straight out of his chest by the claw machine. Yeah. I think that it would have been more impactful if it had been on three. Okay, on three, we'll make a run for it. Because it cuts off at two. I don't know mm-hmm. why they decided to make... Why Shaggy 5? Why? Because Shaggy is scared. I guess. Uh, Mondavarius now begins the absorption of part of the ritual. Where they, they all of the souls from the bat, vat just sort of like rise up out of it and go directly into the Daemon Ritus. Because he's placed it on his chest and opened it. Shaggy leaps because he sees Scooby's soul being pulled away by the claw. And just grabs onto the claw to move it out of the way. So that way he doesn't get absorbed by Mandavarius. And this causes the stream to just cut off entirely. And Mandavarius just falls over. Mostly unmoving. He's twitching a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm. The Daemon Ritus closes because it was open when it was absorbing. Uh, Scooby flies back into his body while Fred and Velma try to get the Daemon Ritus. And... They see that Mandavarius is... It looks like he's wearing a mask. He's like a little bit of uh, rubber pulling up here. <laughs> so they pull it up, and uh, that's a robot face. Yeah. There's like a really weird slow motion kind of reveal. Mm-hmm. And we hear like the voice clips from when he was talking to Scooby playing like your alleged friend Shaggy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the daemon right is, then shrinks into its chest as the chest opens, revealing... da da da, da! Scrappy, Scrappy Doo! And he's got a tiny version of the daemon right on his chest. It's a little one. See, that is definitely, like, all the way in his chest. Like, it's just the oh, yeah, tip. It's like an iceberg. He has no heart. He's also has no heart. <laughs> He's got a gland. Scrappy Dew found dead in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scrappy then slowly begins to transform into Scrappy Rex as he explains that he plans to rule the world using the bunnies and to use them to destroy Mystery Incorporated. Uh, and Scrappy Rex is, like, I think the official term is at least yes. the term they use on the Wikipedia pages. Yeah, it's also mm. the term that's used in the credits, too. Uh, but in order to complete his form, he needs the power of the soul of Scooby-Doo. Don't you mean Melvin-Doo? <laughs> <laughs> Callback. Yeah, we see Melvin. He's standing there. He's been got, unfortunately. Poor Melvin. Rip in peace. Yeah. Uh, Daphne is above them trying to open the vent but the lever is stuck and she cannot move it 
And then Sarkaz shows up and fights her. Well, they do a fight. Yeah. yeah. I feel like the only reason they had a wrestler was for this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Fred down there is doing some rope trips, rope tricks again, mm-hmm. bringing those back from the beginning of the movie. And he's using it to just stop guards from grabbing Velma. And honestly, I think that's the fighting style that makes sense for Fred is weird rope tricks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so many callbacks. So many. And it's like, now that... Once you mentioned the whole um, vending machine thing, that's not the right word, but it's like, when they had another opportunity to have a callback and they didn't take it. Weird. Okay, Scooby and Shaggy are running from Scrappy and so they go underground and then they find Mary Jane's down there who catches them and then does the the knockout gas to Shaggy and Scrappy takes Scooby and goes to extract Scooby's soul right at the exact same time as Daphne seems to be caught by Zarkos and then she bites his hand and does a cool flying spin kick launching him on top of the vent and then she does a bungee kick over the ropes because there's wrestling ring ropes here I guess (laughs) they're a little bit more bungee than regular wrestling ring ropes Mm mhm but that causes him to crash through the vent and knock over the vat of souls. Which, that man is dead. Yes, rest in peace, yeah. Sarkoz, from Telemundo. He's landed the on this vat. This land, the land on the vat was on the edge of the vat, and the vat is like jagged edges. And I'm like, that man is yeah. dead. And then he also falls some more after that, yeah. too. Into, like, the weird sulfur pit. Yeah. Uh, but then she also frees the disco skull so that all the bunnies that are popping out explode. Um, Fred then uses a cool rope trick on Nagu, who is operating the solar moving crane arm, which Shaggy uses to remove the Damon right from Scrappy, causing all of the souls to leave his body and for him to deflate like a bad balloon. <laughs> like literally, actually deflate. Yep. Uh, Fred and Daphne kiss. Shaggy finds the real Mondavarius. The rando from earlier shows up and hugs Velma. Shaggy and Scooby reunite. The real Mary Jane shows up and sneezes, but thanks, Scooby. Why isn't she in Scooby-Doo too? Good question. Um, and they leave amongst a crowd as newscopters and the cops show up. For Scrappy Cornelius Dew was being arrested. And he almost does a swear. Yeah. Very, very nearly does a swear. Uh, Mystery Inc. officially reunites, and we see Shaggy and Scooby are doing the buffet, because they finally got to do the buffet. And Shaggy eats a hot pepper on some pizza, and he's like, wow, that's a hot pepper. And Scooby's like, "Mm, that's not a hot pepper. And then chugs the jar of hot peppers. Which was a bad idea, because then he's going nuts trying to get Chugs the thing of water, keeps smacking his head on a metal plate, <laughs> chugs some ketchup. And then afterwards, they're like, all right, well, let's do it again. And they both grab a jar of peppers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the movie. Now, let me go through the deleted scenes. Uh, at the very beginning of the film, they would have done a different intro leading into the current intro. with like It's animated. Yeah, it's actually really cute. I really like the animated intro. I liked it except for the fact that it incredibly disses on Daphne. Like, it takes 
the joke, like, oh, Daphne's always a damsel in distress to, like, the it's too much of an extreme at that point. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen it in I didn't watch that one ahead of time. I just watched the two uh, Velma-centric ones. Um, Yeah, so what happens in it is uh, the ghost, like, oh, here's Fred, here's Daphne, here's Velma, here's Shaggy, here's Scooby. Mm -hmm. Um, And on the very first scene where Daphne shows up, we see a monster hand come out from the side and grab her. But and then like later, that. when they, the gang is walking like, down a road, she's at the back of the group, tied and bound, hopping. And then another monster hand comes out and grabs her. Yikes! And then at the end of it all, the Luna Ghost comes in and swoops in and grabs her again. And then it cuts to the opening of the film. Yeah, leave Daphne alone. She's got plenty of skills. Yeah, it's your fault for not being able to write it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then. The second deleted scene here are the flashbacks that every everyone was going to have a flashback to what they were doing in the last two years. Oh my god. Uh, for example, Fred's lectures are actually at fan conventions to crowds of like three people, all of whom hate him. <laughs> uh, Velma's self-discovery thing cuts to a support group for self-esteem where it's like, oh, you were part of Mystery Inc.? I remember there was Fred and there was Daphne and like, the big dog, but I, I don't remember a Velma. Mm. Sorry, they even, they don't even get her name right. They call her Thelma. Yikes. Yikes. Uh, Daphne was training in martial arts, and we see her doing absolutely... She is doing an incredible job on like all of the testing stuff, like breaking boards and stuff. But when she goes to fight a guy, she does like a bunch of backflips towards him, but then backflips too high and gets caught in a tree. And despite being otherwise incredibly skilled, the people, in a different language, say like, ah, this... This girl's worth like she's hopeless. There's nothing we can do to help her. They haven't seen Xena clearly. <laughs> and then on next deleted scene is on the island before Nagu's weird story time thing. There's like a tram tour. This is where we would meet the rando. But during the shag- tram tour, Shaggy definitely looks down MJ's cleavage. Ooh, I think I remember that part. Um, and then the rando is like, this isn't actually in the trailer, too, for the film. Uh, the film was like, oh, I'm, I was the smart one, because those two were in Mystery Incorporated. I was also there. I was the smart one. And rando looks at him and says, and were you always a chick? Um... Ew. I don't remember that line, but yeah. I, that's why I hate this man. Um, yeah, Jeez. he can go, go far, far away. Uh, let's see. Glad he wasn't in the sequel. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they instead got <laughs> Seth Green. <laughs> I guess it's a uh, side grade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, then we have the deleted scene where Velma is drunk? Question mark singing "I Love You, Baby" on Nagu's piano. And then we have uh, Daphne running into possessed Velma in a locker room, who's basically like the HBIC of a group of other possessed women yeah and she's just like dancing in the locker room mm. in a bikini and then they like it gets like real scary too because like daphne's like unnerved she's like hey velma are you all right what about the monsters and she's like actually there's one thing i do remember about the monsters and she gets right up in daphne's face like they had this horrible half scream and i think it sounded sort of like and then she does the uh 
the monster scream. Jeez. Uh, and then the last deleted scene that I had found is when Scooby is captured in the cage, he sees like a group of like, I guess a possessed human and then a couple of the bunnies playing cards in a room. Oh God. And he's like, okay. He fakes having, he like overacts faking a heart attack. And then like the guy's like, it didn't work the first eight times. It's not going to work this time. And Scooby's like, I really am dead this time though. (laughs) Oh, I love Scooby-Doo. And that's the film. (sighs) That is the live action film, Scooby-Doo 2002. What are our thoughts on this film? It's okay. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it doesn't hold up. I still have a fondness for it, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely not the same joy that I got out of it when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, like it's it's definitely one like something I, I return to every like ten-ish years now. But like, it's also not something I need in my life all the time either. Yeah, it's not a very good mystery. No, it's not. the only clue. So here's the thing: uh, Scrappy Doo comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. However, the only clue we're given is during the. Um, same scene after Velma uh, did the flashback. Mm -hmm. There's a moment before the monsters crash the party where we see Mondavarius scratching his chin really quickly. Yeah, he does it like a dog style. He does it dog style. That's the literal only thing in this movie that gives any kind of hint. So. I was thinking the exact same thing, too. Bad mystery. And also, I would have read that as just, it's Mr. Bean doing Mr. Bean things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's like definitely how it could be played off, too. Yeah. Granted, it was literally just after the uh, flashback, so that's why I made that connection. But I like the original Outcast song that goes with this movie. Oh, I yeah. Think the, the soundtrack. Like, million drums. <laughs> I, I like, like, a lot of the... Like character design and like the outfits that everybody's wearing, I kind of you know they're a little dated, mm-hmm. but I still really like them. Um, and the music is just—it's very timely, but in a really fun way. Yeah. I think the music is just—it's—it's uh, it's great. I would almost say just like it's—it's it's just very fun, you know. Even like the orchestral stuff. It's yeah. very early two thousands, but mm-hmm. it fits. Mm-hmm. I like the leap motif of the like orchestral pieces too. The dun 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 dun. Yeah, and then like sometimes when like things are getting intense, you'll even hear the da 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 da. Like it's it's like all the hits are there. Just also Sugar Ray's there too. Yeah. I think overall, I like the sequel to this film more than I like this one. Much better. You know, and I've only seen the sec the sequel once, so I will have to rewatch it because I've I have like no memories of it other than like the news clip that gets taken out of context that is very funny. I think Coolsville sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I just I think the reason I like it better is because it this film, like it could it feels like they were maybe trying to make a, almost a more satirical film. 
from the get-go, but they cut it back to be a family-friendly affair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whereas the sequel, it knew that it was going to be a sequel to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they went sort of full family-friendly affair. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in, like, giving that a try now. Now that I am a little bit more grown and have, you know, I can, I'm able to process, like, yes, I love the first one and it is very nostalgic, but I also agree that, like, it's, it's pretty fine. Mm-hmm. It also has its own weird gender scene. Mm. Hmm. I don't remember anything about it, really. I mean, I'll go ahead and talk about it now because we won't be talking about the other movie for at least another year. Yeah. Um, there's a fridge in like the monster mansion that they go into full of mysterious potions and Shaggy and Scooby start drinking some mysterious potions. Uh, and like one of them makes, uh, Scooby into like an Einstein level genius complete with the weird hair. Whereas like another one make, uh, so, also, the first one makes Scooby into an ooze. Oh, God. Ooh. Uh, one of them makes uh, Shaggy into, like, that muscle-bound freak that you probably see in a lot of the joke images. I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, there's also one that makes Shaggy into a woman. Oh, you know what? Now that you're saying this, this scene, I remember it. Vaguely, but I remember it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway... Where do we place this movie? Yes, so starting with Music of the Vampire, the last film you were actually on here for, Crash. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say this one is better or worse than that one? I'm really torn up because Music of the Vampire is newer to me. Also didn't have much of a... Did we land that it like it had an okay mystery? It we were reluctant to like its mystery just because the mystery was also very stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think both of these films, like, they definitely, like, suffer in the mystery aspect of it. Yeah. Um, my gut says it does go above Music of the Vampire, but I think that's also because I have history with this one. Right. I don't, I don't know if that counts for anything. Lava, what are your thoughts? I, unfortunately, do not remember Music of the Vampire. Like, at all. Um, uh, well, let's see that's, here. What can I say? That's the one with the... That's the the one with the gross vampire that has, like, the gross spit that comes out of its mouth. Is this... But also the hot vampires from Twilight, and Daphne gets captured to become the vampire's bride. That's right. And... Also has the weird framing device with tigger but a cajun accent oh that's yeah. right and was this the one with the uh musical group yeah it's it's yeah. all it's musicals it's the musical movie right it has like six songs seven songs right mm. uh, that's hard to say which one do you think is more enjoyable I enjoy my time with Music of the Vampire. I like a lot of the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, really, the biggest thing I don't like about Music of the Vampire is that in one of my favorite songs, it insinuates that Shaggy is not, like, the rest of the gang doesn't care That's about Shaggy, right. which is bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, honestly, like, if I 
was like, okay, it's Friday night. I don't have anything plans, but I I don't have any plans, but I do want to watch a Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. I would reach for Scooby Doo two thousand two. Yeah, not Music of the Vampire. Yeah, like if, for example, if it was on, if they were both on Netflix, I would go for two thousand two. Hmm. Um. So I, I might go for Music of the Vampire, <laughs> but that's just me. I think. Um, I would say it's better than Music of the Vampire. Yeah, I think that's that's my vote too. All right, then we shall go up to the other live action film. Scooby-Doo, The Mystery Begins. Now, I haven't seen The Mystery Begins, but from y'all's coverage, it really felt like they had a good sense of, like, the group dynamic, but also, like, the work that needed to be done to build the group dynamic. Mm-hmm. Like, it's essentially trying to be an origin story for how they all met each other, mm-hmm. and I felt like they did that work from just from listening to y'all cover the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say... um. I will argue that Fred has more of a personality in 2002 than he does in <laughs> Mystery Begins. However, I feel like Mystery Begins has a more solid story, I think. Cause, and yeah, a much a better mystery. mystery. Yeah. Also, Daphne's also like a lot more fully realized mm-hmm. and well-rounded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, absolutely i think the only difference like the big difference there is that in this film scooby-doo 2002 mm-hmm. scooby has dog teeth i think in the mystery begins he had human teeth oh Ugh. but mm. mystery begins was very very limited in its cgi absolutely so yeah that would have just been a very poor um design choice yeah giving Giving that Scooby dog teeth will probably look horrifying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna say Mystery Begins is better than 2002. Absolutely, I, I, I would agree. I would vote that even without even seeing Mystery Begins. Okay. Uh, is this movie better or worse than Scooby Doo: Mask of the Blue Falcon? Worse. I'd say worse. Okay. And that puts us. Right above Music of the Vampire. Scooby-Doo, parentheses, 2002. <laughs> I keep getting the middle of the road movies. Yes! <laughs> Music of the Vampire is like right in the middle, and then this one. We're getting a pretty lengthy list here. We've seen like a third of all Scooby-Doo movies. Yep. Wow. Twelve total. Um, so Crash. Plug some stuff. Well, I am on Twitter at CrashingWaves14. You can find me on a podcast called Hey Let's Talk. Uh, our handle for that on Twitter is at Hey Let's Talkcast. Am I right about that? I mean, the show is called Hey Let's Talk About It, but the rest of that's correct. <laughs> I'm on a show called Hey Let's Talk About It. Um, it's uh, me. Cassidy and Charlie and we get together and talk about what we're into at the moment. We also have like a topic that like we agree upon ahead of time and then we ask for Twitter questions. It's a pretty fun talk show. Um uh our second episode was very long, but I feel like we had a lot of fun stuff to say. It was about MMORPGs. I have played been playing MMOs uh, as long as I've been 
dating my partner and so i i feel like i had a lot of feelings about them i feel like i got emotional a couple of times Aww. it was good i liked it we talked for over two hours about mmorpgs <laughs> <laughs> including the defunct cartoon network mmorpg fusion fall oh gosh Okay, you can find me personally on Twitter at MadLobotanist, that's M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T, where I tweet about stuff. What was one of my last tweets? My last, I think my last tweet was that picture of Fred on Fred, the many faces of me, the cover <laughs> of it. But let me look at some other stuff I've done. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm committed. Um, Let's see. Uh, about my favorite ship dynamic being movement around the Z-axis. <laughs> and me typing the word bear a lot to promote in one of the other podcasts I do, Precure Podcast Engage, <laughs> which you can find on Twitter at Prepod Engage. I was also on that one. Yes. You can find me on Twitter at LavaBees, L-A-V-A-B-E-E. E-S. For a second I was like, wait, how many E's did I just say? Um, I don't really have much to talk about. I don't really do much. <laughs> this is about the only thing I do online regularly. Okay, and you can find the... Sh- Actually, we should... I should see about having you on some other stuff. But... Mm. You can find the show on Twitter at Kids and Their Dog. Uh, we have an archive site, which is kidsandtheirdog.wordpress.com. I might be tweeting about something big from the podcast Twitter account. I'll go ahead and say that it would be a Patreon. Ooh. Just nailing down the tiers. Let's see. What else? What else? What else? Uh, if you want to be on the show, our DMs are open. We're pretty much free for any movie that we haven't covered, with the exception of two movies that are about to happen next two months. Yeah. Um, including next month yes. is Alien Invaders. Yes. The funny story about this is I had a toss-up on my favorite movie that we were going to uh, recap. It was going to be either Cyber Chase or Alien Invaders. I chose Cyber Chase, and literally a year later, we're finally getting to Alien Invaders. Exciting! I know literally nothing about it, so I can't wait for y'all's <laughs> coverage over it. Every time I think of the aliens from Alien Invaders, I end up thinking about the broccoli aliens from Powerpuff Girls. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's everything. So... Um, oh, actually, wait on. If you were curious, um, we did finally make a teaser for this podcast. So if you want it for, to put it in your own podcast for some reason, I guess you can do that. Um, but it would be on the Wayward, the Home for Wayward OCs podcast. Uh, one of their recent episodes, we have our plug in there. So maybe you should go listen to that because we had a lot of fun recording that teaser i got to get a sneak peek of it and i really liked it it was very fun so until next time they would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for us meddling kids Mm, puppy power i love saying it i love saying it